Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to our show. Today, we're revisiting our most popular episode during the past six years. This hilarious interview with Cloris Leachman took place on April 28, 2009, right after the release of her autobiography. And, as you'll soon hear, it became a comedy ambush. Cloris even brought along her own sound effects and her son to join in the fun. So, ladies and gentlemen... Here are Nikki, Jazz, and yours truly having a great but crazy time with the one and only Cloris Leachman. Of course, Cloris needs no introduction, for we've all been wowed by her in movies, on TV, or in live theater productions. So it's my great pleasure to bring her on now and to also bring on her wonderful son, George England, who is his mother's manager. So welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters, Cloris. Well, I'm a number one addict. <laughs> I thought you would be. I thought that you, would, you would fit right in. And, and welcome to you, George. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, we're so glad that you could be uh, with us today. And uh my co-hosts, Jazz Shaw and producer Nikki Starr, are also here to help with the show. So so let's see if uh, Nikki can tell us if all things are go in the chat room. Nikki, uh, all systems yes, go there? Yes, ma'am. All systems are go in the chat room. It's filling up. Everybody is so excited to have Chloris here. I'm a little starstruck. I just want to tell <laughs> you welcome, and I can't wait for the show, and I hope you have a great time. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. We're all starstruck today. I'm, I, I ordinarily do not get this nervous, but, but I You're am not so nervous. Sorry. Oh, for heaven's sake! That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're yes, just I am, so great. <laughs> right. We we are not worthy. We are not worthy. But anyway, and Jazz, I know you want to welcome Cloris, and I think you're eager to get our discussion started, right? Oh, absolutely, because I know we don't have this forever, and I was hoping I wasn't going to have to talk, because I'm sure I'll stumble all over myself with this. But uh, why don't we kick it off? There, there's so many things to, to get to when it comes to the, the, the fabled history of Cloris Leach, but we did want to talk about your book. Uh, we've provided links to it at a few different websites for this uh, in preparation. I was going back and looking over some things, and Howard Cosell, who's Macy, this may seem like an odd way to start, uh, wrote a number of things. He said the hardest book he ever wrote was his autobiography because it was so easy to talk about everybody else because you could say anything you wanted. Um, what sort of challenges <laughs> did you run into writing your own biography instead of talking about a character or about someone else? Did you find that more difficult well, or was I it easier have, for I you? Have, or? I've, lived, I've lived a long life, so what to put in the book and what not to put in the book. Uh, there's a lot I wish I had time to put in the book. We were under a 
pretty big time constraint. Uh, we handed it in, and they said, no, no, it's way too short. We need another third. <coughs> so... <laughs> Figure out what the next third was going to be <laughs> included in it. <laughs> And that I I think I can I can identify with that because I wrote an autobiography too, but it turned out being only about movies as movie addicts are want to do. I'm I'm just so impressed with the way you did, Floris, include all aspects of your life. You, you talked about your career, your family, your friends, and your honest you feelings. <laughs> right, and your honest feelings about about everything that's. Uh, happened to you but my favorite books i part of the book was and i I have to admit this were those behind the scenes showbiz anecdotes (laughs) that you share with with readers i i'm still chuckling over the the actor studio uh, stories about marlon brando (laughs) you know about the chicken and your imitation of a lizard (laughs) would Uh you which one of those was your favorite, and, and could you tell our listeners a, a little bit about uh, uh, Marlon Brando's actress too? Well, yeah, one of the stories, right, of, of, about the chicken or your imitation of the li- of a lizard. No, I like the one where <laughs> uh, we had to use objects, or, or we had to do things without something. For instance, uh, uh, one person got up and. Um, he was going to show us how you peel a banana without the banana. <clears throat> so right, I remember that one too. So he put his right, his left hand up, and he started peeling very, 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 very carefully, very carefully down, down, and then his other took another little piece on the top and started. Pulling it down, down, down. And he started with the next, and he said, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can smell it. He thought the scent was, he was doing such a magnificent job that he could smell it. I was sitting in the second row eating a banana. You had some mixed feelings about uh, your uh, experience with the actor's studio. Is that no, right? No, that isn't true. No, 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 no. I okay. loved it beyond words. You can't imagine how much it meant to me, what an extraordinary part of my life it was. And I credit it almost entirely with making me better than I could have been. And, oh, Anna brought me my most wonderful homemade soup. Oh, what is it? Potato? Celery, leeks. Oh, yum! Mm. Yum! Mm. Mm. I can smell it. I wonder if my husband's eating soup in the next room. <laughs> I think he would. I know she's making me hungry. So. Yeah. Well, if I eat something, would it sound like? Chorus, <laughs> mm. you you kind of had a reputation of being Peck's bad girl there for a while, didn't you? 
Well, I think I still do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do. I think you do too. Well, with all the oh my gosh, I was just reading the statistics that you included in your book. Eleven Broadway plays, fifty-seven films, and a hundred and thirty-seven television shows. What a record! I think I've done um, a lot more television shows since that came out. You probably have. That's right. Thank yeah. heavens, because we we do love love to see you. And I I will tell the uh, listeners that uh, our PR person at Blog Talk Radio uh, remembers the Phyllis theme song, and uh, but he's got a different he's got a different version. And and here's That's one of good. the lines. I like it better. Yeah, here's one he of the lines. It for me first. <laughs> Who lights the hearts? of listeners to our radio show, who, chorus, 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 it sure is you, instead of, what was it, Phyllis, 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 sure, it sure isn't, you. it sure isn't you, but he's, I, I think Phil is a, is a big fan, just like, just like the rest of us. Well, with everything that you wrote about in Chorus, what gave you the most satisfaction to, uh, to get out of your system or to put down on paper? There's that celery in that soup. <laughs> what did I like to write about the best? What was the what gave you the most satisfaction to write about? Oh, I think the thing that has the most meaning to me, of course, is my son and my husband. Yes, and uh, your son is there, George. We've been neglecting you. Did yes, you did have. You? I'm trying to cope with this abuse, emotional abuse. It is emotional abuse, I think. Well, what did you like best about your mom's autobiography? Well, it's a journey through her whole life. Um, some of it I've lived through, but uh, it's it's just amazing the range and uh, the different people and experiences are, uh, I think they're told in a really interesting and honest way. Uh, so it's just a journey for me when I read it. Through life. People oh, ask me about my a couple of little sex stories in there in public and George will cover up his ears. <laughs> George, you oh, can no. him. Put, George, put some cotton in your ears now. Your mom's gonna tell tell all here. Right. <laughs> Mom that was <laughs> Cloris, that was a surprise to me, that part of the book. I that you know, when I did my review... to me, too, believe me. <laughs> when I wrote my More review... More of a surprise your... to me than to you. <laughs> I guess so. But I didn't I didn't tell in my review. I didn't give it away. About yes, we've got to leave them something so that the listeners can go out and buy the book. They have something to look forward to. <laughs> uh, but but now, Cloris, right. you, you called them dalliances. I thought that was very well, elegant. because they weren't emotional. You know, I mean, it didn't, it's not something that you keep in your heart forever. Well, yes, you do. That's not true. Or you wouldn't have put it in your book, right? Yeah. But uh, we, we will urge the listeners to buy a copy of Chloris and find out about these mysterious dalliances. <laughs> yeah, but as a lover of the language, I, I, I still just love the word dalliance because that's more from an era when people took a lot more care in their writing and before language got a lot more crude with some of the things that you that you that you pick up and read today. You know, it's that's just true. it's just a nicer way to say the same thing. <laughs> Good point, yeah. Taz. Good point. It's screwing, right? <laughs> well, we were gonna go quite there. 
But <laughs> moving right along, uh, Betty Jo mentioned uh, already we, we could never possibly touch on the entire uh, breadth and, and depth of your career, but you do share quite a bit of that uh, with us in your autobiography. Uh, from your incredible number of, of movies and television appearances, uh, could you just share with us one or two of your favorites? What are some of the memories when you're writing the book that you look back on, your, your favorite uh, times on film, on, on the big screen and the little screen? That's too big a question for me. Well, we'll have to tell what our favorites are. How would that be? That's good. <laughs> so you can finish eating your soup. Okay. No, I'm just starting. I am getting so hungry. Well, Jazz, how about you? Do you have a favorite um, or two of uh, Cloris Leachman's movie performances? Well, there's one collection uh, of work, uh, and we we won't try to get into too many of the specifics, but I will say the fans, particularly the chatters who show up every week who wrote in, all picked the same area as mine and would like to know you know, what were some of your memories of working with Mel Brooks? Because those are certainly some of my favorite moments. And and obviously for a lot of the fans who have contacted us about this, you know, it's like, uh, how was it working with Mel Brooks? It was just, we, we, um, Gene never stopped laughing. He just, in, every time we do a scene, we'll have to chew here. <laughs> <laughs> sound effects, okay. We always wanted sound effects. Now we have them with chorus, okay. I, I think that you shouldn't eat unless we all have some food. Well, you can come Oh, George, here. thank you. Thank you, George. <laughs> I don't have any food. I don't either. Here we are starving, and there's Chloris Leachman. We're going to have a party tonight for my birthday, which is Thursday. Yay! We're have a party just oh. early dinner. But we're trying to get my friends to come and my family. Wow, well, just a minute here. Jazz, George, and Nikki. Nikki, are you there, Nikki? Nikki, come back well, online. Well, you know, of course I am. I am here, All right. and my tummy's growling. <laughs> okay, now, Thursday is Cloris's birthday, so you know what that I means. I heard that. Jazz and I... George and... <laughs> We're going, okay. One, all right, here we go. I laugh at the, at the at the count of three. One, two, yep. three. Happy birthday, Happy to, birthday you. to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chorus. Happy birthday to you. Singing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. This is why none of us get paid for singing. I, I can That's tell you're, you know, we're all fired. That's it. <laughs> well, oh, we, we do. We wish you a very, very happy birthday and, and many more. That's silly. Oh, that's wonderful. That much. <laughs> that's wonderful. That really is I wonderful. Know. And uh, but we were talking about about Mel Brooks, and I was listening to a Blog Talk Radio show this morning, Sunny Days, and uh, your name came up, Cloris Leachman, and every. Everyone in the chat room started putting down <laughs> this scene where in Young Frankenstein, the horses whinny every time they hear Frau Blucher. <laughs> and why was that? Why were the horses whinnying because every time? means glue. <clears throat> oh, you know, I never knew that all these years. I've seen that movie probably 50 times, and I never knew that. 
He never told that, anybody. <laughs> well, that explains. That explains. Four years later. <laughs> Talk about your inside jokes. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he also didn't ever use my nickname for uh, Nurse Diesel, which was Iron Pits. <laughs> ah. I forgot and, to use it, and so did so did uh, Mel. We just forgot about it. I loved it. Though. Oh no! Well, that was the other character that came up in the in the. I love that one. That was show. really fun to do. High anxiety. Oh yes, Doctor Ashley felt that color has a great deal to do with the well-being of the emotionally disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like you working with Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> All I could do is laugh. <laughs> oh, that was and you, you and Harvey Corman together. Oh, we had a wonderful time. Oh, that was Harvey's good. up for anything. You know, he's so he's a serious actor, and he always wanted everybody to know that he did Shakespeare and uh, should be doing Shakespeare. What was he doing this for? No, he never looked down on this, but he always felt that we should all know that he was a Shakespearean actor, primarily. Ah. He was good in almost everything. He pretty much yeah. everything he appeared in, just so memorable. He was funny, oh, but you know, he was he was just terrific. And you know, uh, you certainly have such a reputation for being in comedies and and making us laugh. But your Oscar for the Last Picture Show was a very very serious role, right? And they don't seem to give Oscars for comedies much. No, I definitely would, would have given given you one for for uh, for your work with Mel Brooks in both of those movies, High Anxiety oh, and they Young Frankenstein. I think especially, of course, Young Frankenstein is a classic, a real yeah, classic. The Oscars <laughs> seem to stop paying attention to comedies a very, very long time ago, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's hard to what? get any attention you say? in that direction. Would you say? Oh, it's, it's been many years since they've got even nominations or anything that was remotely funny. I mean, there no, was a time in the 50s and 60s when, when you would see some of the romantic comedies uh-huh. uh, getting nominated and getting attention, but not so much anymore. No. Well, you don't that's really a... have them anymore. <laughs> well, that is that is a shame. That really is a shame. But uh, why did you take up acting as a career? Now, of course, we're all delighted and thrilled that you did, but what drew you to being an actress? Uh, it's a long and difficult question because it, it isn't an easy answer. You know, everything in my life has contributed to my being an actress. Everything. Dancing has, piano has, my teachers have. Uh, Mrs. Shannon in third grade had me read before the class. That was quite a big deal for me because I'd oh. never been singled out before except once when I was six years old. We were at Greenwood Park, and another group of families was a little some distance away. But somehow or other, there was going to be a, a running race with the children. Somehow or other, I don't know how I got involved with it, and the first prize was a doll. The second prize was a baby buggy, doll buggy, and the third prize was a dollar. And so, of course, I chose to come in third, because I wanted the dollar, and I did. I, I got over there with the group, and I came in third, so I got the dollar. That was a big deal for me, too. <laughs> I have little short legs. I can't run fast at all. It was just intention. I think a great word is intention. That's that's a very powerful word. Yes. 
even in law, it's powerful. Yes, it is. And once yeah. you have an intention, you really, you really go out and you, <laughs> and me? you get it. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I know. I never went to get a. I never went to try out for a part, ever. Right. I. I went. Oh, most people do that. I go to get the part. Exactly, and, and it's I fun feel like for I'm you, isn't it? <laughs> no, and but it's I think fun for you too. Lot. Like I'm all state. I'm here. I'm. I'm the man for the job. The woman man for the job. Well, that ties in really nicely to to one of the things I wanted to ask you. You go out, you know, to to just get the role. Now, after you've landed the role, how do you prepare for it? Because we've interviewed a number of people, people, and different actors have different ways of approaching it. Some of them describe it as putting on a suit that you wear for the entire time the project is going on. You can get lost in it even when you when you go home at night. For others, it's more of a nine to five job. How, how, how do you always prepare for your roles? I I don't think I do prepare normally at all. Um, if as soon as I get the script, uh, I kind of lie in bed and think about let it rest with me. Um, I remember one time in I was doing a play called Twigs by George Firth, who wrote Company and a few other things. He um, and I was playing four, three sisters and their mother in four wow. different little playlets, all wow. out of one thing. And uh, the second sister, her husband wouldn't pay attention to her at all, and he had a friend over, and all they were talking about was how you get to here from, from here to there. And God, and I just wanted to be involved. So I decided to do a tap dance. Yay! So I got <clears throat> I got a little bag, a little uh, case. And I put different things in it, like my favorite memories of things. And I put, it was my little treasure box. And in it was a pair of old tap shoes. And I, as if I had been in the movies when they just first kind of began and talkies, you know, and I, um, <clears throat> well, a little farther than that. But I was a, a dancer in, in the line, let's say. And so I learned, I, was, I put on my tap shoes and I did what, what I thought I remembered from one film, let's say. And so I had to, I was lying in bed and trying to, well, I got Patsy Kelly to come over. Do you remember her? Oh, well, I do. I don't, I think the others are <clears throat> she too. She was a too... great, great, wonderful character actress. Yeah. And she would just come on screen or stage and everybody start laughing. She, <laughs> I don't think she had much of a chin and she was just hilarious doing nothing, you know. But So I, I was doing a movie with her, the North Avenue Irregulars for Disney, and I asked her to come over and help me do a tap dance. Well, after a few drinks and smoking, she was useless. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I had a dancer come over to try to help me, and nothing was helping. It just wasn't quite a, It had to be a funny tap dance. So I was lying in bed one night, and I, I just sort of invented this tap dance. I knew I wanted to go da 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 boom and and throw my left foot over my right in a kind of and and so I invented I designed it <laughs> and finally when I did it on stage, ladies literally would wet their pants laughing and they'd all <laughs> line up for the ladies' room <laughs> in order to fix themselves. <laughs> I mean it was just really really funny. <laughs> 
I wish I could see that, Cloris. A lot of times, a lot of times, I'll do things in bed. Think of what I want to do. I don't know if anybody saw Mrs. Harris with uh, Annette yes. Benning and uh, Lawrence. Yes. Uh, ben. Yeah. I did. Well, on King that one, I did a lot of that in bed. I I would even sit up as I was talking. I wanted to, it to be, of course, very serious, but funny too. And I had to figure out things. And if you notice that part, you'll see I. I worked very hard on it, and I think it was very successful. So you take oh, yeah. the script to bed, and you basically visualize what you're going to do when you show up for work, and you've already got that in your mind. Kind of, yeah. Well, yeah. what about the the role that uh, costumes uh, play with you in in your role preparation? Uh, you you talked about that quite a bit in your in your book, and I thought that was very very well, interesting. Well, it's true. I mean, I remember when Polly Platt had a big long stand. Uh, with all these different choices on it, and I found my brown coat, and I found my brown hat, and I found the underwear, you know, with the concentric circles sewing in the bra and little white panties. You know, it just told me who I was, and when I put them on, I just knew who I was. And and in high high anxiety, <laughs> that costume had to have a lot <laughs> to do with how you played Nurse, <laughs> Nurse Diesel. I walked into 20th Century Fox, and I I stepped into it. They zipped it up, and it fit perfectly. So then we I had them padded here and there, including on the top of my shoulders, so I'd have a shorter neck. It, it but it pulled these these ice cream cone breasts way up high too under my chin. <laughs> but it was funny, so I left it there. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'll help um, make myself up. You know, if you're ah. if you're a character, you're very individual, so you, you can't let them make you up normally to to beautify you. You have to be like you don't know about makeup, and that's what I did in High Anxiety. I had a little black pencil and I did different things, including <laughs> I didn't even plan it. I just put a mustache on while I was waiting. And then they called me to the set, and I had to match it after that because I forgot to take it off. <laughs> Film continuity, yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, when I I can uh, I can understand how uh, being in those types of costumes would would really help uh, get you into the character. You know, we've we've neglected George again, so I wanted to ask yeah, George, George what something. Well, I'm busy George. being invited on another talk show right now. <laughs> oh, no, don't leave, don't leave. <laughs> George, You're George, being what's invited your... invited on another talk show, George? Yeah, there's a, on this, uh, the website for this show, I just put it out there that I'm being neglected. <laughs> you oh, can be on well, another show, I can talk all I want. Well, you well, can know, say well, anything you want, George. We're going to give you, <laughs> give you, you know your... Soapbox oh, Betty Jo, we're being thrown over for a better offer. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm so sad. Well, we'll have to let you say whatever you would like to say, George, but I did want to know what your your favorite role that your mother's had in a movie is. Uh, Young Frankenstein and uh, High Anxiety are two of my favorites. Young Frankenstein is such a classic. It's like the godfather of comedy. <laughs> the godfather of comedy. I agree. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. Those are my two favorites. But now, is there anything else that you would like to say instead of going over to another talk show? Well, is Nikki Starr uh, somebody to talk to? 
<laughs> Nikki Starr, she she can she can get you a whole lot of other talk shows, <laughs> I think. But I did want to, and I'm glad you brought up Nikki Starr's name because Nikki, is there anything from the chat that you'd like to share with uh, with Cloris and, Wait, and with George? George hasn't said anything yet. No, let her oh, say that. Right, we need to hear George. We need, we need to hear George. Is, is that what we they're saying in the chat? And yes, and he is talking to me in the chat room. And so, of course, I just want to have a political show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, oh. I want to know. I I want to hear. I want to hear how it is having such a great and funny and witty and talented mother. I'm incredibly privileged, and I appreciate it every day. Uh, it's amazing, and I think I'm just realizing that. And people have always asked me, "What's it like having a famous mother?" Or is she really like that in real life? And, you know, you know what you're used to experiencing. So to me, it's normal. But as as we've gotten uh, this past year and a half that I've been managing her, I've been able to step out a bit, be more objective, and see how other people see both of us. And I do recognize that I have a very unique and privileged position right now to be spending time with her and appreciate all the things she does. She's totally amazing. Every day I'm taught how to live in the moment by her, just watching her. See now, now that is one of the interesting points where we, where we can give your your poor uh, mother a break to finish her soup, and, and pick on you a little bit. Uh, we've seen Perfect. stories from other, uh, I, not to imply anything about your mom, but with certain divas, the stories that that we've seen. When you do business with family members, sometimes you uh, can run afoul of some problems. What is that like having to manage your own mother? Is there any friction that comes up, any problems with the business, you know, separating those two roles, son and manager? Uh, there's friction. I think we're, it's been a really hectic pace on this book tour, and there's so much going on. Uh, but we always resolve things. Uh, we love each other, and that, that always uh, survives anything that comes up. And I think we work really well together. So if there is friction, we get through it quickly. And we just have two different styles. She's very spontaneous about everything. I like to be organized and have plans laid down. But at the end of the day, I look at it, and she's been a success in whatever uh, event or movie or, you know, whatever it is. People love her, and I have to accept that that's how she operates, and neither one is better than the other. I think they both are important to be organized and spontaneous. It's a lot better than my business relationship with my mom where we disagree and she explains why I'm wrong and I say, yes, mom. But I'll give it back to you, Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that you make a great team, Cloris and George. I really really do. I'm quite impressed with the way that you work together. And, Cloris, I think that you've trained George very well. (laughs) No, he's training me. Sorry, folks, that's all we have time for because we're scheduled only for 30 minutes today. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to Cloris and George for being such memorable guests and to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as a staff pick today. Nikki, Jazz, and I also want to thank our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. We hope everyone enjoyed the show.